Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. Earl Johnston from Hypatia Industries. I'm Patrick Harrington from Mildly Geeky in Boston. And I'm Matt Stein from Working Concept in Seattle. And today we have on Zach Shalbetter from Auxiliary. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Did I pronounce your name okay? You got it. And so, Zach, you are someone that founded a community for front-end developers. Is that correct? That's right. And you, you apparently, like, you started this thing up. Did this exist before Slack existed, or did you start the community in conjunction with using Slack? Like, was that the, the genesis of it? Yeah. We we started using Slack because it you know, had, a, had a good brand <laughs> across kind of the industry. Everybody was very excited about it. Right. All of our clients were moving to it. And we... We jumped into it. I realized relatively quickly that there wasn't uh, any groups on the platform at the time. I did a little bit of research and found that there had been a few that had kind of started up. We decided to see if we could pull it off. And so I created the front-end developers channel community and uh, posted in, in uh, Reddit that that it was available. And we had within the first you know couple hours, a few hundred people. Um, by the end of the night, we had a thousand people. And by the next day, we were we were climbing pretty rapidly. So hmm. it, it, it grew really, really fast uh, into something that required a lot of effort and thought. And yeah. So you were just messing around and you're like, hey, mm-hmm. I'll use this Slack thing and let me post about it. And you wake up the next day and <laughs> like, and you've yeah, got a yeah. thousand people on there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting because you don't you don't realize what you have until you have it. Right. And you're in the middle of it. You're in the middle of it. Right. And it just blew up. It was really, really rapid. And we, we had started building some pretty interesting tools to handle certain things uh, like invites, you know, managing the community, uh, things of that nature. So we were, we were pretty early in this whole Slack open community user, user world. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the funny thing. Like if, if I tried to do this now, like if I wanted to start Andrew's front end development community, I'd wake up tomorrow and there'd be two people in there. Yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes you just yeah. have to be at the right the right place at the right time, and and right now it's hard to get uh, yeah. to form a new community, right? I, I would say, I mean, how we moved over to to Discord, and, you know, out of the twenty eight thousand users that we we sent an invite over to, uh, you know, we've only had what is it like six thousand something like that move over. Yeah. So yeah, you're not you're not going to see see a huge. Um, jump on this community kind of platform these days because I don't, I don't think it's as exciting and interesting at that time you know social media was exciting and pers- persistent right and, you know lots of new platforms were coming out and slack had had lots of you know notoriety through through their marketing campaign the people mm-hmm. had, that had developed it and I mean how the UX was was like nothing else at the time they really did a great job uh, and and then they were loved and so we we, we rode that wave to, to some extent. Yeah, and they they kept it simple, which is nice. Mm-hmm. You know, they they kept the yeah. the UX. They kept it nice and simple. And you know, all all I mean uh, by that is, in terms of being able to start up a community, is that right place, mm-hmm. right time is a real thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I've yeah. just yeah, seen 100%. it both in my life and then also in other people that I've known that you know, just certain events happen, and you're just like, well, I mean, yeah, I was. It's not like I did nothing, you know, I was prepared for this thing, but I was just in the right place at the right time for this, you know, to, to kind of come up and happen. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you've, everyone's experienced it and it's not, you know, some people don't love 
thinking this way, right? They don't love the idea that they think it's all it's all my hard work that caused this to happen. But oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's your hard work that put you in that position. But there is a little bit amount of chaos and randomness that allows you to actually be propelled up to the next level. You know? I, yeah, I, I think intuition plays a big part of that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you you get a vibe, like you get the tingle down the back of your neck. Uh, that that thing that you feel is is unusual, mm-hmm. um, but people might like. I mean, most of my projects and, and businesses are, are follow that same that same kind of thing. Um, yeah. It feels it feels different enough that other people may like it or clients might like it. Um, and when you when you pull the trigger, if you do it right and you don't do it half-assed or half-hearted, then then it sometimes will work out really well. And this 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 happened to be one of those things that just seemed to have explosive growth. I mean, I don't I don't gain any monetary value out of right. it um there's 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 really i mean frankly there's no return I, I operated at somewhat of a loss because we pay for some of the plugins here and there but that's nothing right it's but it, it opens the door for people to to be able to use it in a way that fits whatever their style is um, and apparently the yeah. police are coming for you you know the fire department is uh <laughs> busy spring it's slack no, it's, so, it's a slack place so apparently <laughs> <Yeah>. your office <laughs> Your office is right. Ne- oh my goodness! Your office yeah. is right next oh, yeah, door okay. to the fire, pl- uh, the firehouse. Yeah. Now, fire when you one is he's right at the corner. Yeah. When you rented this place, did you know that? Uh, nope. Nope. Didn't have a clue. And, and the, the, the the funny thing is, like the, the chief, the fire marshal or fire chief or, or whatever, um, he he operates out of this fire station. So if there's a fire anywhere yeah. in Spokane or Spokane Valley, yeah. they they have to leave. I mean, we have good days and bad. Sometimes it's pretty quiet, uh, but but this seems to be one of those days where they're just... That's hilarious. I had a buddy of mine from college that he lived somewhere in Newark or whatever, and he was kind of fresh out of college and was looking for a place to stay. And he, he found this... He looked all over the place and all the places he found were like super expensive. And finally, he was showed by the realtor this one place that he couldn't believe how amazingly cheap it was. Like it was nice. It was in a nice community. It was he's just like, yep, sign me up like I'm doing it. He committed for three years or something crazy (laughs) like that to live there. Well, come to find out. Every time he went to visit, she scheduled the time to make sure it, it was right next to a train station, right? So the train rumbles past his house on a regular so basis shady. all yeah, day yeah. and all night. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is we've had the opportunity to move a bunch a few times, but uh, we don't. We, mm. we, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really nice office. Right. Um, and there's probably a good reason for that. Yeah. You know, they really put the polish on it to make sure that, that you were willing to stay. Uh, but you get used to it. We don't even notice it yeah, you, most of the time. You've become attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking I mean, at a new the, place and you're like, do you, do you have anything louder? Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you have a, miss it if it was there, gone. Is there a train track or a <laughs> bus depot or something like that? Yeah. Hel- helicopter repair shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there a lawnmower, uh, you know, oh, my around here? Oh, yeah, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, all I mean by the whole serendipity thing a perfect example and earl is going to know who i'm talking about but i doubt any of you other people are going to know but there's a there's a, a poker player who was he's just kind of like this degen poker player guy he smoked, <laughs> smoked a lot of weed never had any money never had anything mm-hmm. and he got involved he was talking about this crypto this crypto that and he wasn't like a, a technology minded person yeah. really either but he just like 
I don't know, he kind of Mr. Magooed his way into the right place at the right time, got involved in this operation that was doing stuff on Bitcoin, and he's a multimillionaire. Yeah. You know, just kind of walked his way in there. Yeah. And sometimes this stuff happens, you know? But I want to, let's talk some more about the uh, front-end developer stuff in terms of you're up and running on Slack, you're building your community, mm-hmm. and you, you got it up to, you said, 28,000 people? Now, yeah, the, the, the total list was 28. The actual active fluctuated pretty aggressively, and it was really down to, like everything in life, how, how persistent we were, how often we did group messages, or we, we sent group messages, rather, hmm. um, to everybody. It, it, really, it really played on, on sort of the, the situation, but our active was typically around 1,000 at a time, which is pretty good when you're talking you know, global and sort of 24 seven. And that, that is how I would describe my working style as well, by the way, aggressive fluctuations. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's about right. But it sounds, yeah. you know, the reason why we're talking is because all was not well in front end developer land. So what happened? Yeah. Um, it, you know, when, when it, when it kicked off, there was nothing else like it. Uh, obviously there's IRC and Mm-hmm. and all your social platforms and so forth. So they were, they were really great, but there wasn't an active platform that was available to everybody. Right. And so we, things went very, very well for a long time. But we kind of started finding little quirks and cracks as we, as we moved along. We had no community management, essentially. I couldn't kick somebody if I wanted to. I couldn't ban people. They could direct message whoever they want, whomever they wanted. And it was it was it was really kind of kind of loose, I would say. So we weren't actually admins. We were more, you know, like the uh, the, the the caretaker for your grandmother. She can't say anything mean, can't yell. All she can do is wipe her ass and, and feed her, and that's about it. <laughs> right. Um, and, and and that's and that's essentially what what we were doing. We were just managing the active channels. So you're um, you're in hospice care. Off. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty well, much. Well, that's, that's crazy, though. I mean, that's anti... So I'm going to date myself, but I used to run sure. an IRC server. Yeah. And if you run one of those things, man, you can like, you can, mm-hmm. you can hard ban people. You yeah. can ban people from certain channels. You can do all sorts oh, yeah. of stuff. Yeah. You can disable you because you have an AOL email. Like, never yeah. can get the invite. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and all of these things oh, yeah. were done. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I remember there being just a blanket yeah. ban on people with AOL email addresses and it, it yeah. wasn't really wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But when I first saw Slack, I'm like, oh, this is like IRC, but mm-hmm. in a browser. And then I was like, mm, mm, no, no. If I own my own community, I don't really own anything. I'm just along for the ride. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and that's exactly what was going on. And and. You know, we started seeing some some interesting things happen, kind of slowly but surely. We 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 were really growing fast, and we had built those tools so the auto invite was was occurring, um, where where we just you know someone would register on the website and they would immediately receive the invite and get pulled into and receive the um, and they they'd, excuse me they they subscribe and then get pulled into the community. So well, was, well let's hold on. I want to I don't want to I don't want to interrupt you, but let's. Sure. I, want, I think we should make this clear for everybody. Slack is intended for businesses, like closed communities. Mm-hmm. So there is no public automated invite system. Like it just doesn't exist, right? In order to that's do right. that, you have to kind of, there's like a hacky way that you can do it that's totally undocumented mm-hmm. and, and unsupported, right? Yeah. 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 We, 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 we took part in, in um, some of the forks that were associated with building out some of those tools and, mm-hmm. and, 
you know, integrating it with Typeform and, and some of this other stuff. So we, right. you know, we were receiving users on the fly pretty much. And, and we, we, the only way we would know um, who is logging in is because we would see the notification saying that this person has joined. And it, and it got to the point where it was obnoxious for users because you would see these constant join messages coming through, which right. was really frustrating. And we, we reached a limit effectively after, after a period of time where we, we kind of hit Slack's maximum uh, number of users, not really, not even the number of users, the amount of data that they, that they, they would allow us to use, not only in the number of messages sent, but in the maximum file upload. Right. And they, they effectively locked us down pretty much hard locked us down. So as soon as you'd hit 10,000 messages, it would stop. The, it, would, it, would, it would wipe all of those previous messages. And right. what you would see is was what occurred afterwards. And it was a really weird method of counting that because they would stop it, wipe the previous messages, and then it would tick along. And it would, it would kind of happen later on. It was, really, it was really odd. So you didn't have any way of measuring or knowing when the hell it was going to happen. It just happened to you. Yeah, so just uh, and, you'd be just sitting yeah. there and the, you know, mm-hmm. to, to play in with, the, with what's going on uh, currently in the world, the, the Thanos finger snap would happen, right? And instead yep. of half of the messages disappearing, they would all disappear, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And it, and it wouldn't be one ch- channel, it'd be every single channel, uh, which was which was frustrating for for all of our users. It was frustrating for us because we didn't have any means to solve it and, and the, what they what, the only way to solve it was to pay for yeah. a subscription essentially. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that is yeah. your means. You can imagine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was their, hey, if you don't like it, well, okay, <laughs> you know, bounce. Right. And so we, they, they wanted, I don't even remember the cost of this. At that, t- at that time, it was, I think it was like nine or 10 bucks um, per user. And it wasn't just for, at the time, it wasn't just active users, it was all users. Right. And so you're, you're, you're looking at this incredibly high dollar amount uh, per month. And then later on down the road, they changed it. So it was just the, the active users, not the inactive users. And that would fluctuate. To a point where we, it'd be stupid for us to try to to try to pay for it. Because yeah, but you're you're looking things. at uh, just you know yeah. you're looking at a quarter of a million dollars per month if you count yeah. all twenty eight thousand users. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah, time. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was it was it was it was just it was out of control. And Slack, of course, didn't care. Right. I mean, what they were they were growing massively. And they're not you know, for I, I, they're not for open communities. Like that's not what they're, they're not, right. yeah that's not what they're targeting. They're not. We yeah. we decided we decided that we were going to modify the the use case of their platform because we wanted to. Right. And so it, it wasn't their fault. They were they weren't helpful in making it work better. <laughs> right. You know, they didn't go out of their way to, to to help solve the issue for us or even really nicely answer any of our of our uh, support requests. But you send know, send us a quarter million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, our, our valuation is, you know, a hundred times that we don't, we don't care. So, um, I think it's also, it's interesting though, that they also did not shut down these communities because they're obviously not businesses. Mm -hmm. It's not their, their core market. So I I just curious if that was like a form of free marketing and getting attention for Slack or, or what their motive. I think so. Yeah, I think so that there was a, there was a rumor out there before, before they actually, put a limit on us. There was a rumor that a limit existed. We didn't know what it was, um, but it was kind of floating out there. Everybody sort of thought that there was, there was the potential for it to occur. And there's your helicopter, by the way. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> um, we thought that, that that it was possible, but every time we passed that, I'd see the number of messages that would go out. And every time we passed that, I, I'd say, okay, well, maybe that's not, maybe it's not gonna happen. Perhaps they, they gave pity on us um, because we had Slack team members, people front, front and devs from Slack right. in our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was one of those things you just go, okay, it's gonna, it's gonna work out. Um, but in my, in my vibe and knowing all the people that were, were had joined and local people as well, when they joined, they also would encourage their company to get on board as well. Mm. And so, you know, you have developers that begin communicating to each to us and then bringing in their their compatriots or coworkers into it. And I think it was it had a huge part of it had a, a, a big stake in the amount of growth that was occurred. Slack had a, you know, had a had growth coming out of these communities because we weren't the only one. There was I mean, Craft had a pretty pretty huge slack community as well mm-hmm. at the time too or well later on but 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 it was still pretty successful and that's just that's just the way it went we, what, what are we going to do yeah my first exposure to it was i had been doing some work for some corporate clients that they had their own slack so that that's how i started using it and i was there and then i was a, a member of the craft slack and i know that earl mm. who's here he's got a, another podcast that he does that he <laughs> Lovingly nicknames the commie cast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he uses Slack for that as well, which is kind of funny given yeah. that they can search all your messages. Oh, yeah. No, and I, that's, not, yeah. that's not lost yeah. on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of this data is flowing through them. They can search through all your stuff. They, they actually, a lot of people don't know this. Like, even if you, ha- if you have a paying corporate account, the corporation can search even through your direct messages if they want to. Like, that's a thing. Really? Yes, absolutely. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, sure that's interesting. That? I am sure about that. I'll put I'll put some links in the uh, uh, in the show notes about the way that it works. But you can basically you can ask them for a dump of all of the direct messages that flowed through your particular Slack. Hmm. And this yeah. is the enter- the enterprise account. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which is, I mean, it's totally reasonable if you. Th- it sounds very Big mm-hmm. Brotherish, but it's totally reasonable if you think about it. Like these companies, it's mm-hmm. not any different than you know them wanting you to do only or, or making sure you're doing only business stuff on their business equipment and all that kind mm-hmm. of other kind of stuff. The only thing that makes it exceptional is people don't understand that this is possible, right? <laughs> right? And then they're like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. you know what I mean?" Well, I think that's I think that's kind of the the current issue with the state of privacy and, and how upset people get over yeah. over these right. these particular issues. Um, I was watching a video um, just, I think it was just yesterday, the guy who disassembles Apple products um, and gets supremely pissed at them when uh, regarding when they change form factors and so forth. But mm-hmm. he moved from um, YouTube over to uh, Vimeo and he was complaining that Vimeo, that, that Google was recording all of his his text to speech messages from his Android phone, mm-hmm. but it was storing it up all up in their like kind of activity platform where they tell you everything that they're controlling of yours, right? Um, all of the information. And he was so pissed. And my first thought was, brother, you're you're in tech. Did you really? I mean, you knew that that existed. Yeah. You knew how that could there was you? an activity yeah. place that you could go to it? They record everything, and you're mad now and moving over to another platform simply because they stored it. It's not like right. they didn't tell you they were going to delete it. But well, and that yeah, that that is one of the biggest, the greatest ironies of all is for a very long time, a lot of people were worried about 1984 and Big Brother is spying on you and Big Brother sees everything. And that happened, but it's companies 
right. Like, yeah. It's yeah. like it, it's like Google and, and Amazon and Facebook and it and it was willingly given. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, it was. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've had this conversation with other people before too, and it, it's it's willingly given, but it's also it's it's not completely like it's it was a it's it's a little coercive, you know, right. because it's impossible. It, I mean, it's near impossible to live a modern life without at least some of these tools. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's not, I mean, yeah, that's, that's generally the, the stance of like Facebook lawyers is like, well, they, they don't have to use our service and well, Facebook, that might be true, but I mean, try to, try to imagine, especially in, in our field, try, try to imagine navigating this without touching Google anywhere. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. I mean? like it's just it's it's impossible. So so that whole and I know that wasn't the argument that you were trying to make that right. you willfully did this. You deserve what's happening to you or anything right. like that. But that is commonly what people think. Like, well, just don't use it. It's like you try not to use it. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like a lot of yeah. this stuff, it kind of teeters between some level of deception and then just ignorance. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. Right. But why would you expect your average yeah. average person to think that this would be happening? Right. Well, it's not coincidental <laughs> that know? those that those terms of services are are you know it takes you a day to read them. Right. You know, and also you have to have it, you know pre law degree to understand half of what's in there. Yeah. And 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 to argue their side, I mean, if we were if we were to, to look at it from Google or or Facebook's you know, and they they they're monetizing it. They mm. they they have they've flat out stated that our goal is to is to understand you better than you understand you and understand the world better than mm-hmm. anybody could. Yep. Um, and we are an algorithm company or now an AI company that is going to gather every little bit. Include, I mean, that's the reason Gmail was was built so they could get, gather that little extra yep. you know, identifier that they couldn't get through anything else just through searches. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- they did it and we knew they were doing it. We were excited because there was nothing else like it. They, nobody was able to provide you with results quite like that and now we're all pissed off because they've taken it to its its extreme i mean they've they've said this is what we do and they're there and that's how we pay for the thousands and thousands of developers and marketing and everything else that comes with this so what do you want right if you don't want it then go use (laughs) DuckDuckGo. well and and i think searching is awesome right i mean (laughs) i I think it begs just being incredibly clear about this because some people listening may not be aware but if you use gmail all of your emails are indexed and read by google right doesn't mean a person is sitting there and reading it but all of that stuff like when you, if you look at their terms of service like yeah. you're doing anything you don't want anyone to know about i wouldn't be using gmail right right yeah <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah and and yeah, that's i was, I was go ahead I was um, watching the news as, as an example. I was watching the news this morning before heading into the office, and we, we were watching. Or they were talking about how Alexa, all the recordings that you make mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. through the Alexa. Oh, yeah. it looks like <laughs> the corporate overlords at, at Google, <laughs> Slack, and everywhere else. It looks like they got to Zach. Oh, Zach, you're back. We lost you for a minute. Oh no! Yeah, it, it's uh, a. I think the corporate overseers like we're censoring you and destroying yeah. your communication. Yeah. Line. Uh, yeah. The AWS server. Yeah. Just, the just the last thing. From the wall. Yeah, the last thing we heard was uh, that you saw about something about Alexa on the news. Oh uh, yeah. The, 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 anyway, they, the news was creating one of these controversial pieces to to rile people up. Um, where Amazon has individuals that are listening to some of these messages to determine quality of right. responses, and they went out to the public and asked questions and of course the public is is infuriated but what they don't get is 
hey, these are anonymous. It's not like they know that you're nude in your kitchen, you know, talking to your Alexa. Mm. It's it's that's not what they're doing. They're just trying to determine quality and make sure their algorithm works appropriately. There's there's so much fervor around it, and we either accept it or or we go nuts and don't and, and move backwards in time to to a time when the data isn't clean and clear and perfect, yeah. right? Where your search results are, you know, based off of some some asshole writing in 500 keywords into, oh. into a meta tag. Oh, right. right. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. We we just so, did a podcast on the SEO stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, I it's terrible. I, I get it, and you know the advice that I give people whenever they're using any of these things is like just assume that anything you put in there, someone else is going to read it, even if it's a direct message and you right. think that it's secure or whatever. You're using Slack. Assume any DM that you send someone else can read because there'll be policies like this where there'll be like an official avenue where someone where an admin of a particular slack can get all that stuff and then you'll also have like just the accidental screw-ups where they'll be like whoops we had an exposed server we just leaked you know a billion slack logs sorry everything that you said now is in public so just assume that it's going to be leaked well so that that did that happened with uh amazon not too Mm. long ago with the alexa stuff specifically Mm. because you can apparently i don't and i'm sure amazon didn't volunteer this they probably got sued about it but you can request your amazon recordings like or your alexa recordings from amazon i'm sure it's like a laborious project uh process but you can get them but they sent somebody else somebody else's recordings It was like right. It was like right away. It was like Alexa launched, and then like three weeks later, they're like Amazon sent two hundred hours of some rando person's stuff to this other rando person, and it's just yeah. I mean that. So that stuff is that yeah. stuff is gonna is gonna happen. And but that yeah, being I, said, you can get it at a moment's notice. You can just jump right on, and maybe it's at Amazon.com. You can hear all of your recent recordings, and oh, we had okay. two once with a. Uh, I wonder if anyone's ever gotten situation. Divor- Has anyone ever gotten divorced over that? Oh, I'm sh- I mean. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, 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 crazy story. So back in the day, like I ran a a software company and one of the things we made was a screen recorder and we got a, we got an email from a wife saying, thank you. You helped me catch my cheating husband. So what she did is she set up the screen recorder and, and she, you know, had it, had it doing it at a slow interval, but it logged his entire sessions, you know, conversing with his lover. Right. So if something as low tech is, or not as low tech, but if that was happening back then, right. I'm sure that's happened now where, you know, some husband or wife suspects something and says, yeah. I want my Alexa history. You know, I right. bet you it's happened. Yeah. I Andrew, bet you. Yeah. Can you summarize your response to that lady? <laughs> yeah. Did they kick that all the way upstairs to, to you or did they that? Use I mean, you know about it, we hope. Yeah. No, I, I mean, they just, they just let Thank me you know for that your patronage. <laughs> I mean, I think I said something like, good luck with the next one. Right. Yeah. Well, when I read it, I think what happened is I called in someone else that, that worked for me and I was like, I was like, look at this. Holy yeah. shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think that was kind of my reaction. Sure. Yeah. Andrew's like, bro, clear your history. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, n- n- nothing would have helped. Nothing would have helped them because it just, I mean, it recorded. It was like a video camera for, you know, everything that was on there. But so I I just, I don't know. I mean, I think part of the disconnect is, and it may be, you know, getting back to, I don't want to get too far off uh, in the weeds on this discussion. So kind of tying it back to the Slack thing, I think it's, you know, people's expectations just aren't in line with what is actually going on. And that's what causes people to freak out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, I, I know it's really common in, in for HR. Yeah, to, as far as the Slack thing is concerned, um, you know, Slack isn't the only thing in your office that's 
you know, recording you. And I think part of the reason that they're, that they do that is, you know, to help, you know, for HR disputes and things like that, uh, especially yeah. with DMs. And, and I know my girlfriend works at a, in a corporate office and all of their Skype chat and all that stuff is just logged mm-hmm. for forever as far as I know in, you know, in perpetuity. And it's, and a lot of it is because of the HR stuff. So, you know, for Slack that it suits their business model, right? Like they're, they're shooting for businesses like exclusively. Yeah. So, and businesses, so you, like you said, they want to CYA, they want to cover your ass. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And, and to be, and to be really clear, it's, it's just, I believe it's just the enterprise level that does this. And the cost yeah. of one of those enterprise licenses is not, it's not cheap. Right. Um, Less than a lawsuit. I mean, it wouldn't be, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Nike and, and all these companies, they, they all record this data. And, and what's funny is that users don't typically understand i mean developers like ourselves we deal with data constantly and you have to kind of cross your fingers that the developer on the other side is competent and doing a good job and making sure that they're not you know saving passwords and and random you know um text databases (laughs) yeah and text file like flat files all this garbage and i mean we have dealt with that with clients where we walk in and it's like Oh yeah, we we you know we have I can't I can't give too many details on this obviously, but right. you know we we get hired by a company and the company says, hey, we just need you guys to come in and help us with some front end dev on this blah blah blah, and we start asking the previous developer how he was building it. Oh god, and it's like oh yeah, you know this is all built with ASP and you know the 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 this is how all the data is stored and the passwords are blah blah blah. Mm. And I'm like okay, so you're not like. MD5, none of that, and uh, what the hell's that? Okay, all right, all right. Oh. yeah, and then and then the quite then he said then they say oh yeah, and it's also PCI compliant. I'm like no, it's not wrong, no, <laughs> incorrect. Yeah. He's like it's PCI compliant because we log into it through a VPN. I'm like that doesn't really make it PCI compliant. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, this is um, why I think Europe was on the right track with the GDPR. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. they they require you know various providers that you work with to adhere to certain standards, and I think we're going to need something like that. But I, again, I don't want to get too off in the weeds. Let's let's get back to the uh, front end develop, uh, developers community. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened? Like you were on Slack, and you were mm-hmm. you know happily using it. And why did it become other than you were you were talking about how messages would sure. disappear and uh, something about files that that wouldn't uh, they. You can only have a certain number of files uploaded or something? Oh, yeah. So, you, you know, after a time, people couldn't upload images. They couldn't upload files. They, they couldn't take screenshots. It became just a just a bona fide Snapchat without the without the photos. <laughs> right. Essentially, completely, <laughs> completely, completely becomes, it becomes somewhat anonymous because people can log in with whatever um, username and password they like and their data disappears, their messages disappear after a period of time. Mm. What was really interesting is that at one point we did get kind of a coupon for one month free um, through them. And when we, we set it up, of course it was, you know, like taking the chains off for a little while. Right. Um, we, we felt it was great. It was an amazing experience where all of a sudden everything's free and you can, you can scroll backwards in time. And mm. people, people were asking what happened. You know, they wanted to know what was going on. Why right. was it now? so clean but then of course it goes back to normal after a period of time was but it was what, it what worth a quarter of a million a month too 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just I just burned all that that, that equity in my company. <laughs> just, just that right away, right? Just one um, month of slack. Just, just one month. Just years and years of work. Up. Honey, do you remember <laughs> yeah. that nest egg that we were saving? Yeah. Well, yeah. I spent it on yeah. a month of slack. Yeah. <laughs> the good news <laughs> is people yeah. could upload yeah. images. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they were and they were able to go through all the previous stuff too. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so I, my 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 wife's like, "What's with the negative balance?" And I'm like, "Oh, you mean the one with six six numbers behind it?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah. here's our boarding pass for Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've so what? Filled out the bankruptcy paperwork. So um, what? What else happened? Uh, what else happened? You so okay. Your messages disappeared. Files disappeared. You still got a big community. Like what else was going on that was not making it so friendly? Well, so and and, and I, you're leading me somewhere. So if I miss anything, make sure you, you're welcome to to tell me. The what effectively began happening is because of the anonymous nature of this, we had users from all over the world lots lots of people from um, overseas that were recruiters mm-hmm. lots of individuals that felt as though they could behave in a way that was toxic heinous disgusting I mean I can come up with a number of words and the way the way that they were speaking to in people and of course we had women in the community as, as well and uh, members that w- that were part of the LGBTQ uh, community. So what, what you find is that when people are able to behave in, a, in, in an anonymous fashion, they're going to do and say whatever they feel like they mm-hmm. can. And so these people were, in, were, were messaging members and members were disgusted. Right. And there's nothing I could do. All I can, I, can, I, can, I can disable their account, but then they go and reapply. So at that same time, we disabled auto invite into the community completely after, after the first um, one or two instances of that occurring, we just nuked it, and it was now invite only. And I had to essentially go through and I built some some um, some means to filter it in, in the Excel document and kind of, you know, because all that we were getting were the answers to our questions, which were pretty basic. the The first name and last name, not always, but I but they would enter whatever, and then an email address, and they would register through that. So I would go through and I would essentially filter it and pull out all the recruiter garbage, pull out all of the the poorly types names and things like that and just not invite them. So we kind of cleared up some of it by not inviting toxic assholes mm-hmm. into the community. But it, but it's not even just that. It's not even just the direct messages. It's also the way that they were talking in channels. I mean, there were there was some pretty radical shit that they were that they were saying. It was really wild. You know, it's the, it's it's the kind of stuff that you and your buddies cautiously talk about when you're being gross, right? So you it's, you're it's, talking it's, about it's you're, really really wild, yeah. They're mentioning stuff like, you know, whether to use BEM or some other naming convention for CSS? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were, they were Extremely radical. Promoting Real them. locker room kind of thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what's, what's, what's funny is that the promotion, the self-promotion became extreme. People uh, would mm. come in there and only promote their own their own tools and platforms, and right. and and the recruiters were just were just at a, at a whole new level uh, um, of of you know s- obnoxious. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, ironically, your success and the number of people that you attracted is what attracted all of mm-hmm. the that all of that nonsense. Well, was know? Zach? Was there a distinct point where there was like a, a sharp uptick in that kind of thing, or was it just gradual growth? Or, or like specifically the loss of history or something. There, I think, I think what happened is the word got out, you know. And and in the in the recruitment community, when they find a, a really good vein of of data um, of people, they they just they just they they just throw all over it. Um, yeah, I can I can add some. It's like, it's, 
I can add something to that because I know I know of some yeah. very similar things that go on in the the hacker community for bots and vulnerabilities and that type of thing. Matt, what they they actually do is they'll actually keep lists of you know, vulnerable servers that are openly passed around and traded. And they do the same thing for communities like this, for communities that have an open invite system. It gets added to just a list of, and targeted and they actually keep track of the quality of it. And so it really is, it's not just paranoia to say that they start piling on. They actually do. They share all of this information with each other. Like, here's a good target. Go after this one. And a lot of it is done in an automated way as well. Um, well, I... I actually understand that though, because I understand yeah. like wanting to, to poke at something and find vulnerabilities. I understand right. recruiters wanting to find a, a hot resource of you know. Oh, uh, Zach, I think we found people. someone who was who was putting nasty messages in your in your community. <laughs> I think. No, 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 not excited about. But I, I understand their motivations. What I don't understand is when like people come in and decide they're going like eager to harass. Like when it's finally a yeah. great opportunity to personally harass other people. That's right. the one that. I just don't understand. It, it, it's 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 really it's really interesting when you come across these people because when you confront them, they don't they they act oblivious as though as though they didn't they didn't know what they were doing wrong. And, and hmm. I mean, just about every single time. And, and I mean, there were plenty of instances where we confronted someone or I confronted someone and said, "Listen, you can't you can't do that. You can't say that. You need to you know you can't be racist. You can't." you know, bigoted, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't care if people cuss, obviously, but there were, there were limits. And when they started, you know, bringing up, what is the name of the frog character? I just forgot. It's uh, the the one oh, that's associated Pepe. with oh, yeah. Pepe. When that came up, I mean, there was a whole new level. And during the 2016... What's with know, a frog? Mentioned. What? It's it's associated with... Um, it's, it's kind of like the... My understanding is it's it's... It's related to toxic behavior, and people use it as a troll. As, as like a the poison. You talking about like the poison dart frog, or is this like no, what? It, it was no, a, it's it, like it, it was a cartoon. Yeah. It was a cartoon frog that existed previously mm -hmm. that was appropriated by like the all right and basically. Okay, so it was like a political statement yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it kind of came out of 4chan and all yeah. that, and it, okay. and it just it just showed that they were going to they, they were just they were they they use it as a means to to upset people, right? To trigger people. Yeah, and okay. They did it all the time. So the yeah. trolls and, found and something that pissed people off. Mm. Oh yeah, they loved it, yeah. and they used they used every aspect of of whatever they could in order to to drive that toxic feeling. And so what we saw is, was was a a rapid drop in those that were enjoying themselves and being providing useful information because i mean the whole goal of the community mm -hmm. was only to be a source of of connecting to other developers because many of us live in kind of that nomadic vacuum mm -hmm. but also on top of that to be able to ask questions um outside of your stack exchanges and, and all of that where, where there's no delay it's an immediate source of of how does this thing work or what can i do or what's going on here or even finding jobs we used it quite a bit as as a place to to direct people to work that was available and and to some degree it was it was valuable for a time until it was somewhat appropriated by 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 individuals that were not of any use to anybody hmm. yeah i mean some of these people i know there are horrible people in this world like don't get me wrong like i know there are tons of really just horrible mm -hmm. people but i think there's also a group of people kind of like what matt was talking about where they just they find something that riles people up and they may not even believe it and they just keep poking and poking at it and the their anonymity allows them to do that and they don't realize mm -hmm. the 
they don't realize what a horrible person they're being. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, that's not like relegated just to the internet. I mean, there's people in real life, of course, that are button pushers, oh, yeah. you know, what I mean? yeah. that just like, for whatever reason, just, right. they just can't yeah. help themselves, you know? Um, I, was, I was a little ginger kid. I, you know, bullying was, was part, part of, a huge part of my childhood, you know right. what I mean? So. Well, yeah, why were you such it, a bully, it, it Zach? like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just... You know, if you, if you didn't have blue eyes and red hair, there was just something about you. I just had to bully you. Just had to bully. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it was, it was one of those things, but it's, it's no different in regard to that behavior, but now it is so anonymous. I mean, right. I mean, in the early days of, of communities that were gigantic, we saw, we saw it to some degree, but it was so aggressively right. um, controlled. Like the, the days of EverQuest were in, in, or in mm, Ultima mm-hmm. back, back in the early MMO RPG days. You know, people would be would be awful, and they would they would essentially be pulled into a room, a yeah. quiet GM room, and and given the business yeah. and told that that wasn't that wasn't acceptable. Right. I mean, uh, if and, you if you played any kind of online gaming at all, and mm-hmm. you didn't have twelve year olds telling you to die in a grease fire all the time, right. yeah. like you just weren't yeah. living. You know, I mean, that was <laughs> yeah. that was just like a thing. You know, <laughs> and it was all text at that time too, because yeah. the, the 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 web wasn't. You know, I was using Net Zero that I. Mm-hmm. You know, figured out a workaround with to to use for for uh, for gaming um, for online gaming, but yeah, and, and so what really the the real issue we had is that we couldn't control it. We had no power over it at all, and that's that's the reason it effective. Uh, that's the reason it kind of began to become um, useless. And at one point, I decided that I was done with it. I mean, I, I had made the call. You know, I told my business partners, I'm, I'm just done with this. It's, it's, it's not beneficial to the community. Right. It's hurting people. And I'm just going to shut the door on this. Yeah. And, and the, the Craft CMS Slack was kind of like that as well. Like the Pixel and Tonic folks were, eh, you know, they're kind of on the fence about maybe transitioning to that, maybe transitioning to this. Mm-hmm. And there was some annoying stuff going on in terms of like there were like recruiters coming in there, but it wasn't it wasn't horrible. Right? It wasn't like yeah. overwhelming the community by any stretch of the imagination. But then an event happened that I think kind of caused them to go over the edge. Yeah. And Earl, I think you were here for it I was, when it was yeah, happening. I was right yeah. here. <laughs> so I'm sitting here working and Earl is over uh, working right next door to me. And, uh, you know, there's no other nice way to say it, but I had Slack open and dicks were just flying just by. Just flying. Just and Earl looks over yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, what are you What looking? Slack is that? <laughs> he's like, what are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> Earl thinks wow. he's discovering something he didn't know about me. But right. <laughs> there was just, you know, someone had created bots that came in there and just started spamming over and over again, not just with sex stuff, but there was also there there was some like yeah anti-jewish stuff oh, just, and yeah all the yeah, yeah. All the, yeah. The, the typical buttons yeah. that you would expect people to do mm-hmm. and yeah. you know the kind of thing that a 12 year old or a very stunted human being might right. be like oh well these are the triggers that piss people off so these yeah. are the things that i'm going to do yeah and the pixel and tonic guys you know they they banned people and they they shut down the the open invite and they thought they had it under control. And then the next day, yep. the dicks were back. Yeah. <laughs> right? The revenge of well, the And I mean that in a... Yeah, they, they do that. They do that on purpose to, right. to tell you that you don't control them. And we were dealing right. with that anti, anti-Semitic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that was... Even people were even doing it unintentionally, which was really weird to me. We had a lot of individuals that were, were over you know, in Europe and, and, and Russia and, and so forth. And, and they were... You know, they have a different feeling towards some of that stuff and they're not they're they they talk a little bit differently about it. And right. so they would say something that wasn't 
that was somewhat rational, right? right? And then you would have individuals in the U.S. lose their minds over, yeah. It. And then it would then it would it would divulge into this, you know, this it would actually be it would actually become anti-Semitic after a while. I see. Um, yeah. and, and we were just dealing with that. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. I didn't know that about about craft, honestly. Well, right. And and when I say the dicks are back, I mean that in in both senses of the word. So yes, they right. they were scrolling. The images were yeah. scrolling, but the the people that were being dicks were back. Literal um, and figurative. Yeah. yeah. Tough tough thing to see after the fact because you're seeing all these people you, you're used to talking with, you know, every day yeah. reacting horrific horrified yeah. by something that's happened but you've shown up late to the party and the thing is gone right and so it's <laughs> it was just really confusing like yeah what's everybody so worked up so <laughs> right and the the funny thing about it is like I, I get it like if you're at work or you've got kids around you know i mean this is this is like a kind of a horrible thing to have happen but i i don't know i mean i was like all right well that sucks you know, let's move on. But I think that there are, there's a decent number of people that they wake up in the morning and they just can't wait to see the next thing that there is going to offend them. Obviously, I think that all of these things that these people were doing were absolutely horrible and everyone should be offended by it. But where I'm trying to get at is that there is a culture of people that are already on like the the razor's edge, like ready to be offended at anything. And then you've got someone going in there and doing something like this. And of course, everyone's going to lose their mind. You know, yeah. people are just like, this is crazy. You know, all and, we had. Yeah, no. And it, it just so I'm, I'm not surprised that all of this was set off and that everyone got so offended and, and disgusted by it because I don't know. We, we try to live in a in a, a very isolated world where nothing ever bad happens and then when something kind of creeps its way in people are just like holy crap like i didn't know that the world actually was a terrible place <laughs> you know I, I think that's the the really really important thing about these small communities though and there's a there's an obvious line between somebody just being the literal and and like yeah. spammy kind of a dick yeah. but twitter is not a place for you to like try out an idea and be wrong because <laughs> you'll kind of just get mobbed if it's if it's not a popular oh, yeah. idea right. but i think there need to be places where you can be wrong and have civil discussion sure and that's what a lot of these smaller communities are where you're actually learning and pushing past things that maybe but, you're not so matt you can help me with this you can help me with this this is the thing that i i just don't understand how can a generation that was raised on south park and family guy get offended so easily like i don't get it this is some of the most offensive stuff in the world on, i don't oh. think they were raised on south park oh okay um i mean and that's my opinion i i, I think that our generation was uh, um, raised on the early days of South Park with, you know, probes and all that craziness. Yeah. We were going through when, when we were learning that. But I believe this generation came after it had kind of stabilized and then the world had moved into, hey, we all accept it. But now we're going to put boxes around certain aspects of it. Right. What's, what's really interesting is I, I actually I personally see Twitter differently. I see that as more of an open forum. I can really say what I want to. Right. But I'm going to but I'm definitely going to deal with consequences. I, I, Which is great know, as well. You should. Right. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and you can get into a discussion. They can't do anything to you. They can report you. Right. They can't. There's nothing going to happen as a result. So whatever happens is really just up to chance and, and people's opinion in these communities like this. Um, we had admins that, that were so sensitive to some of this stuff that every time someone would say anything at all, we would have to address it. And after uh, a while, you go, okay, you're actually making this way worse. And yeah. we're having lots of community guidelines and rules to address these things that are way above. We're like, we're over policing now, and it's causing everybody to hate all of this stuff. And so there was this waxing and waning of trying to find the right balance of right. what 
what that was. And when we moved to Discord, we really kind of locked it in on how we were going to handle it. Yeah. So let's bring this back. I mean, you made a bold statement in this article that you wrote that says Slack is destroying communities. So how is Slack mm-hmm. destroying communities? Um, Slack, Slack knew that communities were being developed hmm. and that they were they were utilizing their platform and they were dynamic and interesting and they they actively chose not to to put any energy towards it in the slightest. Hmm. Um, there really was nothing they did to to make it any easier or even for that matter. Really, they didn't even try to make it harder. They just chose to ignore it entirely. And so these communities that grew by leaps and bounds. They, through that neglect, they caused them to ultimately either eat themselves and, and fall apart or migrate off of them. Um, and so they destroyed these these kind of flourishing environments simply through disinterest. Right. So and, and the whole reason why we uh, I mentioned the stuff that was going on in the craft CMS Slack is that folks at Pixel and Tonic saw this stuff going on and they are excellent people. Like they really are. They're very stand up people. And they said enough is enough. Like we we cannot deal with this. We don't want to have to. We just don't have the tools in Slack to police this. We would like to. Mm. You know, we would like to not have this nonsense going on, but we we just don't have the tools to do it. And I think that pushed them over the edge and they said, screw it. We're moving everyone to Discord. Away we go. And that kind of caused you to do the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the days before um, I had received a message from one of one of our admins, a very nice woman that that has been with, had been with the community for for a long time, mm-hmm. and she had she had said this is this is just becoming too much, and and I think that it's it's not benefiting anybody, and I I, I agreed with her, and I told my business partner uh, here in my office that I was going to to pull the plug, and that that I just needed a minute to, right. to get everything tuned, and 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 there really wasn't going to be much of a a statement outside of. I'm not, this isn't good for us. And I think that we should all move on to new places that, that could use a good user base. And good for you. And I, good for you for being willing to do that. Good for you for realizing that this thing has become overall a negative, you know? I, I would hate to be part of the problem in the end. I appreciate that. And really, I would hope anybody would do the exact same thing. Right. You don't want to be part of something that is hurting everybody. And even those that don't know they're, 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 they're dealing with. I mean, we had users that were there all day long and every day and they were dealing with this trauma. Yeah. And the thing is, is I'm, I mean, I would rather not be creating drama simply through my negligence or my inability to, to, to solve these problems. And so I, I, I saw I, the email came through from Kraft. I knew that they had been kind of exploring new stuff and there were a number right. of platforms out there, but I didn't think that there was anything any, that was going to solve this. And they said that we're moving, they said flat out, we're moving to discord. This, this is the reason why here's a web page that tells you more if you need to know. And I, I read through it and I tried Discord for it was couldn't even have been 20 minutes. I was in it right. and realized how 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 clear how, how how they had clearly thought about communities and how to approach these these issues that we were dealing with through moderation and banning and and sharing accounts across mul- multiple platforms, yada, yada, yada. They just they just knew what they were doing. It was great. And I, I went back into the admin channel and said, I, we're moving to, we're moving to Discord. Here's the yeah. link. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're moving. Yeah. To, we, we're, this is what I'm going to do. These are the reasons for it. And the admin said, cool. We love Discord. Sounds great. Yeah. And, I, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, know if this was you that said it or somebody said that, yeah, I mean, Discord is great because it comes from the gaming community where they're used to dealing with the worst people in the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they have all the yeah. tools for yeah. banning and policing and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's exactly what my post said. It, it yeah. was yeah. it was. 
they get it, that they understand, and they've, they've solved that problem before we got there. And, which and that's is great. We're not going to be in the middle of that. Yeah, that, that's not to disparage you know, Discord or any of those communities or gaming as a whole. But let's face it. I mean, a lot of gaming revolves around not fully formed people. And by mm-hmm. not fully formed people, I mean kids. Yeah. You yeah. know, and we were all jerks in one way or another when we were a kid. So, you know, it's kind of understandable. And we got to learn that lesson in a different environment. This environment is is so anonymous um, and so per- pervasive and uh, that they can they can get away with it for a long period of time right. until their accounts are yeah most of us learn that like lesson that. i mean patrick didn't learn that lesson you know he's still <laughs> he's still kind of like that any, anyway well, go ahead. <laughs> so so i mean effectively i i posted a message in the slack channel and said into the the, the uh, community announcement and said this is what we're doing um, it's going to happen by the end of the week. Today's Tuesday. I'm doing it by we're switching over by Friday. And like it or like it or leave it, that's that's the way it goes. Uh, and the the reaction was was very 50-50 on that whole thing. And and it was so funny because people that had never talked openly in the community were coming through and they were they were upset. They were angry right. Right. with us. But I I made the call. I mean, what are you yeah. going to do? And, and I think that's smart because in order for any community to function, the people that are there have to feel comfortable, right? And, you know, whatever, wherever they're coming from, if they're easily offended, not easily offended, if they're targets for, you know, one reason or another, you're not going to have a good community if people can't feel that they can't speak freely. You know, it's just not going to work. And you're you're always going to have that neighbor that that doesn't like the fact that your mailbox is shaped like a fish. Yeah, you know it's going it's going it's going to happen. Nobody's ever going to be a hundred percent happy right. with with what you do. Right. And I've come to the conclusion in this in this this life that the best I can do is make a logical and educated decision that doesn't hurt anybody. Right. And if that's the way it goes, if 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 it, if it bothers some people, then we can chat about it after we see the results of whatever it is I've done. Right. And the fundamental fact in the end is that the Discord community is flourishing. People are happy. There's active, useful conversations happening. I don't see any toxic behavior come through. It auto-moderates, and our admins seem to be mm. having a great time building new tools for the community that do cool stuff through all the bots, as opposed to policing, which is really great when you run a, a dev Community. Well, that's the way it should be. I mean, if you're spending all of your time policing the damn thing, you're not you're not building anything meaningful other than, I guess, kind of like a police state, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really what it was like. Yeah, it was, it was not fun. I, I I I was kind of in and out after a while because I just wasn't having a good time. Oh, I could see that if it was that horrible of an environment, I could see like opening that window would be something you'd be like, nah, I don't think I want to do that. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have people arguing about React versus Vue or, Vue or WordPress versus Craft or whatever and right. getting into those details right. as opposed to why someone said something gross. Or, or, or people just saying stuff that they may or may not believe just to piss people mm-hmm. off, you know, just, yeah. to, just to poke and prod people. Yeah, and, the holy wars need to be on topic. Yeah. <laughs> or at least that there's some kind of productive result, yeah. right? So if you're have a if you're having a discussion about, "Oh, I like this JavaScript framework better than this one." Well, eventually, hopefully, you know, you'll learn something about one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. In theory. Yeah. yeah, you hope. And that's and that's what we want. We at the time Fred and Dev was so exciting because we were building all these really great tools coming out of the the early MVC JavaScript yep. um stuff. And it was awesome with Backbone and then, you know, Angular as we were getting into it and some of these really cool frame, frameworks and, and libraries. And 
And it was so great to be a dev and run a dev shop at that time that I it felt as though those that hadn't learned those skills, that hadn't gotten into, you know, figuring out some of those things, had a place to go to to learn those 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 um, languages and tools and experience right. and through experience. I mean, we were writing blog posts at the early days of Slack that told people how to use like JavaScript as sexy and go through all this stuff to become great at this. And, you know, it's nice to be back at that now where we can look backwards and see where, where it should have been and, and apply that now with all the experience and knowledge that we've got. Well, very, very cool. Well, uh, Zach, thank you for coming on. I think it's really interesting to hear about the genesis of the front end developers community. And then, you know, you, you kind of went through a little bit of a, a trial by fire. It, it almost sounds like you've got a, a perfect like hero's journey arc. Right. In terms of, you know, they always talk about the character arcs in movies and you were you were born and then you went through your your tests and now you've you've emerged. Right. You've emerged. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it does. It does feel like there was, you know, looking back at it, you kind of go, all right. That was that was wild. But at least at least we we've got a good a good story to tell. and, and, And now we have a nice end result for everybody to, to be part of and, and share. Yeah. I, I got to get a little Joseph Campbell, you know, hero of 10,000 faces yeah. in there, you know, or 1000. How many faces? There's a thousand faces. Yeah. Thousand, yeah. I, infl- I was, I was going to let it go. Well, yeah. it's, there was inflation. So it's, oh, it's, right. it's ten, when he wrote the book, it was a thousand faces. Now yeah. it's 10,000. Right. But that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. To have every episode delivered to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our RSS or subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter at devmode.fm. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Leave us a comment on the devmode.fm website. Let us know if you like these kind of, you know, more commentary episodes versus the tech deep dives, or if you like both. For the devmode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew. Andrew Welch. I'm Earl Johnston. I'm Matt Stein. And thank you very much for coming on, Zach. My pleasure. Thank you. disparaging remarks about Patrick, by the way, is he messaged me that his microphone like stopped working halfway through the show. Oh, and, and I knew I could insult him and he couldn't say anything back. Uh, but he would I hear love, it. But he would I hear was waiting it. for him to go out. But he would hear he it. he pissed at me for cussing. <laughs> can you guys hear? He's like, I'm done with this guy. Yeah. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you yeah. now. How's the audio? It's shitty. Oh, great.